you have your Bibles, we'll be in Ephesians, Exodus, and Numbers this morning. God is calling us to more, to go deeper, to sacrifice more, to do more in obedience. The more he calls us, the more we have to respond. The more he's asking us to give of our time, our energy, our resources. God's asking for more of us. One of the things that God has just been stirring in my heart, and I shared with you an announcement that we're having a prayer meeting next Sunday night. But God has just been stirring my heart with this need to, to, to spend more time praying as a congregation, standing together, united, believing God, crying out to God. So next Sunday night, we're going to do that at 6.30, and as time goes on, we'll see more of those meetings again. Another thing that God really laid on my heart is these things don't happen except by fasting and prayer. And so April, we're calling for a month of fast. And so every day in April, we're asking somebody to fast every meal. Maybe you're being called to more. Maybe you're calling to fast a whole day. Maybe, it's, maybe you need to step up. Maybe, you said, yeah, last few times I've done a, a meal, but this time I'm going to do a day. Or maybe last time I did a day, I'm going to do a week. I'm going to do three days. I'm going to step up, and I'm going to fast, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to believe. I said it earlier. If we think that we can see a move of God and God begin to pour out his spirit without seeing the enemy attack, we're crazy. The enemy is going to go on the attack. And we've got, to, we've got to combat that with prayer and fasting. So I have a sign-up sheet for fasting. And there's like five pages every day of the month is in here somewhere. And you can sign up to fast every Monday, every Tuesday, every day. You can fast every meal of every day for the whole month. We just want you fasting. We want everybody to be a part of this. And we want every meal to be covered. And so if you can help us out, that sign-up sheet is coming around. Make sure this one goes all the way around because I only have one today. And the Easter one, whoever has that one, make sure that keeps moving because there's only one of those. Praise the Lord. What does a warrior look like? We are in this series on being the warrior that God is calling us to be. God has pounded in our heads over the last few weeks And it starts with the right heart. God, give us a new heart, a clean heart, and a surrendered heart. When our heart is right, then we take up our weapons and we become the warrior that God called us to be. Have you ever wondered what it takes? Or why some people are considered to be great people? I'm not talking about great at a task. I'm not talking about being great at at some sport or some activity or some, some talent. But I'm talking about they're just great people. What causes them to be great people? I'll take some feedback now. What causes, when you look at somebody and you admire them and say, this is a great person, why do you say that? What causes them to be a great person? The way they treat others. Faithfulness. Integrity. 
generosity, trust. Things they've been able to battle back from. Focus. Wisdom. What makes somebody who they are? What makes a great person great? I don't know about you, but when I start thinking about being a warrior, I start to think about who I want to link arms with in this battle of following Christ. Who I want to link arms with. Who I want to to lead me. Who I want to be my commander-in-chief. Who I want to be giving me direction. Who I want to be standing with me. Who I want to have my back in the midst of the battle. Some of these you've come up with. But these are some of the characteristics I came up with. Trust. Kindness. Compassion. Empathy. Somebody who's bold. Somebody who has a person of character. Person of integrity. Person who lives it, doesn't just say it. Dependable. Loyal. One who has great wisdom. One who is confident yet willing to admit their weakness. Hmm? A seasoned warrior. We go to battle with people, and I hope you have people in your life that you can go to battle with. Those people who are the ones you'll go and you'll fight with. You'll fight to the death for them. The ones you trust with your deepest secrets, your greatest hurts, your greatest vulnerabilities. Ones you can trust your heart to. Ones that when they speak, they speak wisdom and power and hope and life into your life. This morning I want to talk about these people And how they get to be that person. Joshua. We're back at him again. I want to go back to the story of Joshua. He was different than all the rest of the Israelites. Him and Caleb were different than all of the 12 of the other 10 spies. They they were different. Why were they different? What made Joshua the man that God would choose to lead his people into the promised land? What made this man come back from the promised land and stand up with Caleb and declare that God would give them this land? Let's look at some scriptures this morning. Would you stand with me? Starting in Ephesians chapter 6 again, where we've been spending most of our series, starting with this two verses, 6, 10, and 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
Can you all read that together with me? It's on the, should be on the screen. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God. And then in Exodus, I'm going to read just a little clips of several passages here in Exodus after they, this is where we first meet Joshua in chapter 17, verse 8. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, choose up some men and go out, fight and fight Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down to the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then in verse chapter 24, verse 13, there's just some snippets of Joshua as he becomes part of Moses' life and part of God leading him to be the leader. So Moses arose with his assistant Joshua and they went up to the mountain of God. And then verse 33, chapter 33, sorry, verse 7, chapter 33, verse 7. Moses took his tent, he pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. And so it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until it had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked to Moses. All the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshipped, each man in his tent door. And so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. And Numbers 27, verse 18. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua the son of Nun with you, a man whom is the Spirit, and lay your hands on him. Father, in this room are men and women who have the potential for greatness. God, teach us to be like Joshua. To be obedient, to be a servant. To learn to stay where you are. Teach us today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We see Joshua as a man of God, a man of great integrity and great character. As we look at his life, I believe that Joshua was created to be a warrior, to take the land. 
But Joshua became that warrior and Joshua became God's man because he knew how to serve. He knew how to obey. He knew how to stay in God's presence. And that is the cry and the call of God to each one of us. To become these men and women of God who will be men and women of God who have character, who are people who are, are created and raised up to be men and women who have more than just, just saying they're Christians, but becoming people who obey, serve, and stay where God is at. Hear me. This is a game changer. You can't go see God do great things if you first don't pay the price and don't do the work and don't become the person that God has created you to be. You want to be a great warrior? Then get on your face before God and stay there and let him change you and transform you and make you the man and the woman that he's created you to be. First time that we see Joshua, he's going to fight the Amalekites. Every sermon I've ever heard on this passage has been about Aaron and her. Holding up his hands. And as long as Moses obeyed, Moses worshipped, Moses lifted his hands, they won. But doesn't, nobody talks about Joshua. Here he is, this young man, it says. This was even before he was called a young man. So this guy's a kid. And for some reason, Moses says, hey, Joshua, come here. See those Amalekites out there? We're going to go take care of them. I need you to pick a few men and lead the war. Joshua could have said, I'm not old enough. Joshua could have said, I'm not trained enough. Joshua could have said, um, take my dad <laughs> or, or take my big brother. He might be better. He could have said, go to a different tribe. There's, better tri- There's some other tribes. Take somebody from there. But it says that Joshua did what Moses asked of him. He simply obeyed. I'm telling you, there is character and integrity in people who will hear the voice of God and do what they're asked of him to do. But God, we are the greatest generation of whiners that has ever been created. And we are the number one generation of excuse makers ever created. We can come up with any reason. We can come up with any whining. We can come up with anything to say, God, you're crazy. Instead, God is looking, but, but we want to see the warrior. We want to see the miracles. We want to see the power. We want to be in the promised land. Then start with your life becoming obedient to what he asks us to do. In the long run of this whole story, this was a pretty easy obedience. This was pretty simple. Go beat these guys. I mean, God asked him later on to watch the water split. 
I've never seen that. I don't know about you. God asked him to walk around a city with a million people and get them to shut up for seven, six days. And on the seventh day, they were to walk around it six times quietly. And on the seventh time, they got to shout. And what happens on the seventh time? The walls fall down. That takes some guts. But God could trust him to walk around the walls of Jericho because he was obedient when God said, go fight the Amalekites. Because he said yes, and he did it. The end of that passage talks about Moses when he raised his hands and they won. Who gets the credit? In just one little phrase, Joshua defeated the Amalekites. We want to give all the credit to Moses, give all the credit to Aaron and her. But Joshua did the fighting, and he trusted God, and he did what God told him to do. I believe this morning God has spoken some things into your lives, and you have not done them. You have not been obedient. And you sit and say, well, why don't I experience the promised land? Why don't I get overcome in this area? Why don't I get to see this happen? Why don't I? And God is saying, because you can't even obey me in the small things. You can't. How do I trust you to walk around the walls of Jericho if I can't trust you with something as simple as the Amalekites? It's time we stop whining to God and start obeying. You see, we all want that moment when God says, go do something big. Like, everybody's going to see it. The whole world's going to know. We're waiting for that moment when God says, stand up and tell the, tell the uh, I don't know, the water to split. And it does. And you're going to go, look at what God just did. And God is saying, but I just want you to obey. Knock on your neighbor's door. And tell them that Jesus loves me. I just, want you to, I just want you to take a plate of cookies to somebody who's in need. I want you just to anonymously, oh, I hate that word. I want everybody to know. I mean, come on, if I'm going to give my money away, I want them to know I gave it, right? God, you want me to anonymously pay a bill for somebody? You want me to anonymously buy the people behind me's food? Are you serious? I want them to know. God says, I just want you to obey. Joshua didn't go fight the Amalekites because he thought he was going to get a name for himself. He didn't go fight the Amalekites because he thought that somehow he was going to become the next Moses. He wasn't sitting there going, I get to be Moses' predator. Yeah, I'm coming after him. I'm coming. I'm going to follow him. When Moses is finally done being stupid and getting in trouble, I'm going to take over. And I'm going to go to the promised land. That wasn't, that wasn't Joshua. Joshua was just doing what Moses and God asked of him to do. And because of that, 
he began to see that God could trust him with a little bit more. And God is asking you this morning. He's asked you to obey him. Some of it you think is really stupid. And some of you have actually told God that. That's the dumbest thing anybody's ever asked of me, God. Why would you think that, God? Why would you think I could do that? Anybody could do that. Why me? And God's saying, because I want to build character in you. I want to know that I can trust you in the next level. We're getting ready for war. We're getting ready to go to battle. Your brothers and sisters need to know that you're going to be there, be obedient with you, walk with you, hold you up, hold your hands, and fight with you. And they're going to have your back. And you're going to have their back. But they need to know that because they've watched you be obedient in the small things. Jeremiah 7.23. But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God. And you shall be my people. And walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. Luke eleven twenty eight, 28, and Jesus said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Will you obey him in the small things? There's always a lot of jokes, but Trinity Bible College had some of the dumbest rules on the planet Earth when we attended school there. Like, you can't sit next to your friend that might be of the opposite sex during chapel because they would be a distraction to you during worship like they're not a distraction two people down they had rules like don't walk on the grass they literally find you money if you walked on the grass we don't get this in this world today but there was this rule that dress slacks were worn until after three o'clock in the afternoon if you were out of your dorm room, you had to have dress slacks on. I mean, you get in trouble. I was an RA. I got to write those tickets up. Sorry, this is dumb, but I, it's fun giving them out. But I learned something. I learned something that if I was submissive to the small things, I would learn to be submissive when God called me to greater things and bigger things later on. I've learned because I've watched it happen. The rules have changed. And so have the hearts of the kids coming out of college. We no longer ask them to be obedient to the small things. 
So there. And that was not a record. That was no, no, rec, no reflection upon our youth pastor and children's pastor, okay? Don't, I was not, I was, I, as I said that, I went, oh no, they just came out of college. They're going to attack me at the next staff meeting. <laughs> it has no reflection on them, okay? I'm just saying I've seen it in, in other areas of people's lives, other lives, that we have these, we have, it's a different, you have to learn to be obedient in the small. The second thing that we see in Joshua in Exodus 24 was that in 33, Moses arose with his assistant Joshua. In verse chapter 33, 11, he calls him a servant. Joshua learned to serve Moses. Moses, in both of these passages, was going to the tabernacle to spend time in the presence of God. And Joshua, because he was willing to serve Moses, got to go with to some of the greatest moments in history. Because he had a servant's heart. Moses, I'm here to serve. I'm not here to, to, to do anything else. He wasn't, again, he's not there to take over from Moses. He wasn't there trying to get his job. He was just saying, I'm here to serve. My calling, my mission, my passion is to serve. How many times have I heard over the 30 plus years in ministry that's beneath me? I can't do that. That's, that's too trivial. I have more talent than that. I have, I have greater aspirations than cleaning a toilet. I have... God's looking for people who say they're going to obey with a servant's heart. The heart of Joshua, who was right there because he was willing to serve Moses. I really believe that there's somebody that God was speaking to this morning in this room that God is saying to you, you've quit doing ministry. You've quit doing the things that I'm calling you to do because you thought it was beneath you. And God is saying, it's time for you to have a heart check this morning and review your heart and start serving me with all of your heart and just let me lead you. Can you imagine being on the mountain when God created and wrote the Ten Commandments? Moses was there. Joshua was there. Nobody else. Just God and Moses, and Joshua. If you read the story, the elders were left out. They were told to stay away from the mountain. They couldn't go on the mountain. But it says, we went up to the mountain, Joshua and Moses. Moses went into the tabernacle to meet with the presence of God. And God spoke to him face to face, just like we're talking here. 
God spoke to Moses that way. And the glory of God surrounded the tabernacle. And it says, when Moses was done in the temple, Joshua was there with him and stayed. You want to be a Joshua? You want to be a mighty warrior? You want to be a God's chosen one? I'm telling you, it starts with obedience, it continues with servanthood, and it follows up with staying in the presence of God continuously. Joshua chose the best thing when he stopped and stayed in the presence of God in the tabernacle. Joshua knew that the, the ability to walk out of that temple and to live according to what God wanted him to do all started with staying in the presence of God. It is an art that the people of God have been trying to learn ever since. God has continually told us over and over and over and over and over again. Psalms 27, 14, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Psalms 84, 1 and 2, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Joshua, learn something that the church And God has been trying to teach the church for years and years and years. Stay in my presence. Wait upon me. Wait in my glory. Let my presence fulfill you. Let my presence surround you. Let my presence empower you. Let my presence wait on the Lord. Sit and wait and wait and wait upon his name. Because that's when you mount up. That's when you overcome. You can't overcome when you're out trying to do it on your own. You've got to wait. You've got to walk. You've got to obey. You've got to serve in his presence, through his presence, by his presence. He's calling us to be people that will sit at his feet and stay. I'm telling you, this is one of the most powerful passages of Scripture outside the resurrection and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. That Joshua stayed. Joshua stayed in the presence of God. The walls did not fall down because Joshua walked around them. The walls fell down because Joshua stayed in the presence of God. And God formed him to be the man that could walk around the walls. 
Do you know what happens when you stay in the presence of God? Everything changes. Your heart changes. Your thoughts begin to change. What's important begins to change. Your pride dies. In fact, your entire flesh will die as you stay in his presence. Joshua chose to stay and wait upon the Lord. And because he did, he became the warrior that God created him to be. To take the Israelites into the promised land. God said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man whom is the Spirit. God had put his Spirit upon Joshua because Joshua had stayed in the presence of God. The way this is written, I don't think it was a one-time encounter, but it was a regular encounter that happened when Moses went to the temple, went to the tabernacle. There in that tabernacle, he met God, and so did Joseph, or Joshua. So did Joshua. And he changed who he was. God is calling us to more. This is not the moment in history where we find the easy road. This is the moment in time that we say, God, I'll obey whatever the cost. I'll serve whatever the humiliation. I'll serve whatever the cost. I'll serve wherever you call me. I'll do whatever you say because I am going to stay in your presence and stay where you are to become the warrior that you want me to be in this generation. We need to take the promised land. There's a time coming when God is going to pour out his spirit just like he promised in Joel. And we have a choice. We will work our way to becoming that people or we'll choose to spend 40 years wandering in the desert and die off and let the next generation have it. I want to be part of it. I want to be part of what God is doing. I want to see what he's going to do. So God, change me. Make me obedient. Show me, God, where I need to be obedient. God, help me to serve. Give me a servant's heart. I don't need the world to know. I don't need everybody to see it. I don't care how menial the task. If you're speaking, I'm following God and I'm serving. Because God, I'm going to stay in your presence and do everything you ask me. God, I want to stay there. Would you stand with me? If you have 
your notebooks, your pens, your, all, uh, your back of your, bio, your bulletins. I'm asking something I've never done before and I ever remember giving a time limit for. But I'm going to ask you to find a place of prayer. And I want you to sit and stay in the presence of God. I don't want anybody to leave till at least almost quarter two. It's, it's 25 after, 26 after, by the time we get to praying. But I want you to take your notebook because I want you to ask God, where should I obey? Where do I need to serve? And God, how can I rearrange my schedule so I can stay? So I can stay. There's a big room here. And I want you to spread out and I want you to find a place. God is in this place. We've already prepared this sanctuary through prayer this morning. We've prepared it through worship. And now it's been prepared through the word. Now it's time for you to sit with God. Bring your notebook, bring your word. And I'm asking nobody to leave. Please do not leave. Spend this time with God. Stay. 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 Sit with God this morning. Would you come and find a place? Father, as we move in this place to find a place with you, speak to us today. Teach us how to obey. Teach us how to serve. Teach us how to stay. Speak into our lives. Speak into our lives. Speak into our lives. Find a place alone, however that is for you this morning with God. There's in the back, in the front. Oh, just spend time with him this morning. If you need to walk, that's okay too. Spend time with him. Spend time with him.